Welcome to the Worship Place Podcast. We are thankful we can worship with you and pray this message blesses your day. We look forward to seeing you in person next service. To the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. Yes. To the one true God that there is no other God. Just Him. All other gods, there's, there's gods that people worship. But there's only one true living God, and he's the king of all kings, and he's the Lord of all lords. He's the top. Under him, there is none that we acknowledge in Jesus' name. I tell you what, I want to encourage you this year to dive deep into the power of God. There's, there, the, the, I would say it's a spirit of perfectionism will try to convince you that you can't pray until you have 30 minutes free time. That is a lie from Satan. The devil will tell you that you can't read the Bible if you don't sit there and give it 100% of your attention. That is a lie of Satan. It's, it's an act because he knows you very rarely get that amount of time. You very rarely can find. And he'll tell you all kinds of things that makes you believe that's the only way it will count. It's a lie. Don't fall for the lie. Have the word of God going so low you can barely even hear anything all night long. It still counts. You'll wake up refreshed in your spirit. I've tried it. I know. When I'm co- an attack is coming against me in the spirit, and I know I'm just, every time I wake up, there's just this heaviness, and I'm fighting something. Turn the word of God on. I turn it on so low I can't even hear, and I still wake up refreshed. Let me tell you something. There's life in that word. It's a fire. It's a fire. If you could see it, it's powers there. Power, power. When you feel weak, you need to hear the word. Now, just don't fall for the lies. The lies are that you can't, if you don't do it to perfection, if you didn't listen to that scripture just before, you have to go back. No, turn the word of God on and pay attention when you can and, and put it lower when you can't. If you're working and you say, I need to hear the word of God today, I can tell I'm weak in my soul and I need to get strengthened, Right? And every time you go to the bathroom, turn the word of God on. Every time you get a drink, turn the word of God on. It matters. It's strength. It's life. I've told you before about this story that I, and I was under an attack so strong that it became, the attack became so forceful against me that when I prayed, though I had been very powerful in the spirit, now I could just whisper my prayer. I couldn't even use my vocal cords. The spot, the, it was such an attack. And I just, just, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I knew something had to give because it wasn't changing from day to day. I thought something's got to happen. I turned on the word of God and I left it on all day long as I worked. I left it on. The whole first day, I couldn't tell any difference. I, I couldn't tell anything had happened that was different. The second day, I turned it on, and I wondered at it, right? You wonder at it. You think, I've listened to the word all day. I should be feeling power now. Ignore that voice. The next day, I turned it on all day as I worked. All day, all day, all day, all day. I could tell just barely that I was getting a little bit strengthened. Just barely. I thought, boy, that's odd. Two days of the word going straight at me into my heart. 
not listening to one other thing. Third day, I'm in the car driving. It's half of a day. It's about 2 o'clock. I drive into, I get on my, I take the Sandy Lake off of the freeway. I sit at the lamp, at the light, the lamp. I'm sitting at the light when all of a sudden, from the depths of my being, comes comes the Holy Spirit in loud tongues, just guttural tongues, just coming. I'm preaching to the everything. I'm preaching to the spirits. I'm preaching to everything. I'm preaching to myself in tongues, in tongues. It was so powerful that I couldn't even stop it. It rolled like a train, and I was just possessed by the Spirit of God. Let me tell you something. Whenever you think something's not working, keep doing it. As long as it's something that the Word of God says do, do it. We have this little thing, and we use it with healing too. We say, I pray, um, there's someone sick, we say, I'm going to pray for you right now. We pray as long as, this, you know, as long as it doesn't seem embarrassing. Like we, we say the right words, then we're done. We think, okay. But guess what? There are some places that people don't stop praying for 12 hours. If the healing hasn't come for 24 hours, they're committed to the prayer for the healing of this person. One person was absolutely on their deathbed. They couldn't remember one thing from their body. They were basically just existing. People start praying for them around the clock, around the clock, around the clock for six weeks or something. After that, the person got up and was absolutely healed. This was an incurable disease. It was like a, a type of Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, but it had reached its farthest point. The person was, couldn't even recognize their own family. God instantly healed them. They're preaching the gospel this very day. We have to let go of the concept of time. And we have to commit to the process of healing. We have to understand some things take time. Just like some spiritual entities. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. What does it say? It says we're wrestling with them. I've got you today. In the name of Jesus, you're going down. You're going down. You're going down. You're wrestling. It's wrestling. You got to keep the spirit. That does a wrestling match doesn't last just a minute. You got to have strength in your innermost being. You need the word of God. I encourage you, put the Bible app on your phone. You can listen on the way to work. You can listen in the grocery store. You can have your earphones on as you fold the laundry. You need the word of God. You cannot be strong without a constant diet of the word of God, not just one scripture. I'm talking about the word of God being played in your mind. You, you're thinking to yourself, well, they're just talking about the war in Israel, and they're just talking about the lamb for sinners slain. That's not it. In that word is strength. It doesn't matter if it's saying Jesus wept. There's strength in the words that are coming from that Bible. You have to believe. You have to throw yourself in 100% and say, I believe that this word is spirit and life. 
that it's a sword and it protects me and I need to know it. It needs to be in me, in my mind. You need to speak in tongues every day. This is not the time to go lax. This is not the time to just be half-hearted in the power of God. We're coming against, you know, at the end time, there's spirits letting out of the pit and some of you already see the effects of spirits let out in the pit. Let me tell you something. We got to bind. We got to loose the power of God and bind every evil spirit. We have to bind every evil generational con construct that, that the world tells us, oh, it's this way. And the people of God say, oh, no, it's not. We're coming against world systems. We're coming in against thought processes. And we're saying, be delivered in the name of Jesus. Revival for this whole generation in the name of Jesus. Who's going to say it if we don't? We're the people of God. What we bind on earth is bound in heaven. What we loose on earth is loose in heaven. Let the power and the glory of God be loosed upon this congregation. Let the power and the glory of God be loosed upon this city. Let the power and the glory of God be loosed around the world. In Jesus' name, I want to encourage you. When the devil tells you, I don't have time for this, he makes the situation such that you're already going to be a failure. When you already have to do something a certain way, if you have to be kneeling every time you pray, you're already gone. Because you're already going to be, you're, you're, the battle's already defeated because there's going to be times that you need to pray that you, didn't, you, don't, you can't kneel there. You have to be, what does the Bible say? Instant in season and out of season. What about when it says that men ought always to pray? Okay? If you ought always to pray, you better be able to pray in the lion's den, in the house full of saints, all alone, standing in a valley with, your, with, the, with a something bigger than you, saying, I will destroy you. You better be able to pray in every situation, in every way. you got to walk in the Spirit and be Field. Don't let any don't let the enemy stop you with perfective ways that you have to pray, read the Bible, uh, meditate on the Lord. Those are those are defeatists. Do it all the time, any way you can. And be ready when the enemy comes to you. I shared this with the choir, and I want to share it with you. There was a, a, a warlock that was sharing some information with his son that he told him, This is what you need to know. Um, there are three types of Christians that you don't want to mess with. One is the Christians that can, take, that can pray for long blocks of time. The second are Christians that can pray um, after midnight when demon worshipers start, start their um, spells, and whatever they're doing, their sacrifice, whatever they're doing. There's the, the people that God, that get up and stay and make a sacrifice of staying up late while the demon worshipers are worshiping. Don't mess with them either. And the third type of Christian you don't want to mess with is the Christian that prays intermittently throughout the day. Be that kind of Christian. Be that kind. The kind the devil says, don't mess with them. Or when we do, it's got to be something big. We got to come up with a big plan. And, Lord, and all the time be praying, Lord, reveal the plan of Satan. I've been praying that I will tell you what, God has made the, the, the 
it come to me. Before I, it comes out, I'm prepared. Oh, this is fixing to happen through a dream, through a uh, discernment of the spirit. Start praying that prayer. It's a great prayer. That way you're not caught unaware. Oh, my God, where did this come from? You know, he's, the devil's going to use people because he's using, he's influencing things to come against you. It'll be something different all the time. You won't be expecting it, but you expect him. Because you're going to be ready in your spirit with fasting and prayer. Fast. Why do we fast anyway? We fast for our body to be under submission to the spirit. When our body becomes in submission to the spirit and we say, I want the spirit more than I want food. The Lord knows how much we want food. So when we say, I want you more than I want food, the Lord honors it. And demons don't like it when you're fasting and you're casting them out. It really makes them mad because you have the authority that that sacrifice has brought to the table. In Jesus' name, let's be a powerful house this year. More than we ever have before, let's be in unity, in love, and bind together in Jesus' name. Thank you, sweetheart. What a word from the Lord. Fire. Oh, yeah. We're going to dismiss the Sunday school at this time. And for we which are alive and remain, Jeremiah chapter 8, verse number 17. Be reading from the New King James, then from Mark chapter 16. Verses 17 and 18, I'm reading from the voice version. For behold, I will send serpents among you, vipers which cannot be charmed, and they shall bite you, says the Lord. Mark 16, verse 17 and 18, and these signs will follow those who believe. They will be able to cast out demons in my name, speak with new tongues, take up serpents, take up serpents, drink poison without being harmed. Everybody say harmed. And lay their hands on the sick to heal them. I want to preach from the subject when vipers that can't be charmed versus faith that can't be harmed. Now, whether or not you think it, my watch spoke to me a few minutes ago and says, you're off to a good start, Glenn. Stay in the groove. We're off to a good start, church. Let's stay in the groove. Let's ask God's blessing upon his word. Thank you, precious Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for the power of God that's in this place. We pray that the hand of the Lord would minister greatly in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name, we pray and give you thanks for it. Thank you for what you've done so far and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, we pray. Smile at someone, shake their hand, and you may be seated. For behold, I will send serpents among you. Vipers, which cannot be charmed.
Now, of course, Jeremiah, looking back on history, perhaps maybe his calling might seem enviable in as much as God entrusted this young man to bear up against an incredible national, sociological, spiritual strain. He was alone. He was facing overwhelming odds. Enemies were gathered without the walls of the city and also within. The very uh, authorities that should have been the ones to act in God's behalf were relinquishing their duty and were requiring of Jeremiah to give them a positive word when it was in fact time for the Babylonians to come and conquer and for Israel to pay in servitude to another nation the, um, well, the wages for their disobedience and sin. I've heard, now I don't know this, and if maybe there's someone that manages a large retail outfit, but I have heard that there are retail establishments that will keep track of certain customers that had developed the habit of pilfering merchandise. And oftentimes they don't arrest them on the $5 grab, but they keep records and they film and they wait until there is enough, uh, how shall I say, evidence against them to charge them with a more serious crime than just some kind of petty theft. Well, I, I said that to say this, Mercy will erase our mistakes along the way if we'll ask for it. But if we, some men's sins go before them, and the, and the way you send your sin ahead is you got to bring the blood of Jesus in there, and you got to bring repentance there, and you can send your sin, you can disconnect from it and send it on to judgment ahead. But other men's sins, they follow from behind. Says they just accumulate and accumulate and accumulate, and the blood is not applied. I want to say this, it's early in the year. We're off to a good start. But if you haven't asked God to forgive you for your mistakes of 2022, you better do it today. And we better start with a clean slate. And we better make every day a day where we examine where we are, where we stand, and how to please the Lord. But anyway, Jeremiah was having to bear the brunt of accumulated wickedness that brought the certainty of, uh, of Babylon uh, upon them and the defeat and overthrow of Israel into their hands. And so there was, uh, and the Lord said, because of this, and this is how he laid, outlined the judgment, I am going to send these serpents among you, these vipers which cannot be charmed. In other words, the disposition of your conquerors are going to be such that you won't be able to negotiate with them. You won't be able to make a deal with them. And so I want to say this about serpents. There are serpents that won't be charmed, but there is a church that can't be harmed. So the devil can dig in his heels if he wants to, and he can resist as, with all of his force and power, but he can not, he can knock you down, but he cannot knock you out. Amen. He can hurt you sometime, but he can't harm you. 
Come on, somebody's been hurt, but you can recover from your hurt if you'll, if you'll make the name of the Lord your strong tower. He will be your refuge, amen, and your reward. So the, but the first serpent was a charmer. So it takes one to know one, I suppose. In the garden, you know the story that this serpent appeared to Eve and he began with eloquence and he began with logic and he began with mysticism and he said to Eve, hath not the Lord said that you can eat of every tree of the garden? Yes, she said, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil we cannot. We can't even touch it lest we die. And then the charmer said, yeah, the Lord knows that in the day that you eat of that fruit, you will become as God. Don't fall for the lie. You weren't designed to be a God unto yourself. You weren't designed to be a God. You were designed to be a child of God. You were designed to reflect the image of God. You are designed to bear the name of God. Are there any name bearers in the house? Are there any Jesus name? Holy Ghost filled, tongue talking, demon chasing, ha, revival believing people in this house. If there are, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. So there are serpents that can charm and there are serpents that can't be charmed. Now there's a difference between a serpent and a snake. How many of you, women especially, but some men too, but men won't raise their hands because, you know, they got to be cool, macho. How many ever heard the term, there are some good snakes? You've never heard that? I've said it to my wife a hundred times. Oh, that eats mice and that, that's, because my wife will see one once in a while and say, she won't let me back in the house. It's either you get the snake or you sleep outside. Yeah, but it's a good one. It gets gophers and, you know, rats and whatever. But we won't, we, we're not here to talk about good snakes. We're here to talk about serpents that can't be charmed. But in the spirit, there are no good serpents. He said, I will give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. I want to say to somebody who has had the devil walking on you, that's not the way God designed for you to live. You're supposed to walk on him. And if something's been walking all over you and you've been beaten down and oppressed by forces of darkness, I want to submit to you that you can lift your hands in faith and literally rise above your enemy until your feet are on its head in Jesus' name. Praise God. I'm not going to let the devil walk on me. I have been authorized to walk on him. Somebody needs to tread on serpents, on scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy in Jesus' name. Snakes. I want to say three things about snakes that are interesting at least, if not revelatory, 
and that is a snake's heart. A snake's heart is not anchored in the way that our hearts or other mammal hearts are anchored. But the snake's heart is designed to be able to move any direction that it needs to in order to swallow prey. It'll, its heart will adjust to its circumstance. You don't want a movable heart in the sense that it adjusts to whatever's happening around you. You want a fixed heart. For out of the heart flow the issues of life. And if somebody's heart has been this way and that way, and up and down, and backwards and forwards, and everywhere, I want to pray that God, amen, sends the tendrils of, of, of faith and power and, and locks your heart in place so it's fixed. In other words, uh, for the Lord I live, like, like Job said, though he slay me. I don't know what's going on in my life. Uh, it looks like God's out to get me. But if God is out to get me, uh, amen, uh, I, in, I'm going to trust and serve the Lord though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Somebody needs to trust God again. Secondly, the snake's skull. It contains many, many bones. Many more bones than that of a cousin of it, like the lizard, which consequently allows the snake to swallow prey that is bigger than its head is. You've seen snakes try to swallow gators. You've seen snakes try to swallow deer. You've seen snakes stretch their jaws around bodies that are bigger than they are. I mean, let me give you a revelation. I know some of you think the devil is so big you're terrified. When we finally see him on the other side, we're going to say, is this the guy? He's trying, if he's trying to swallow you, he's trying to swallow something bigger than he is. Oh, hallelujah. This church is bigger than the devil. Your faith is bigger than the powers of darkness. Our future is bigger than the prognostications of the doubter and the unbeliever. Come on. Even your children's future is bigger than any destiny that hell would like to pronounce over them. Does anybody believe that God is big? Does anybody believe that you're big in God because he's big? Come on, somebody. Snakes have no external ears. They can't hear. They feel vibrations in the ground. You've seen pictures and videos of snake charmers with flutes, and it looks like the snake is dancing to the music. He's not. He can't hear that. He's reacting to what he sees. It is the instrument and the movement. That's why when the... When the flute player throws down, the snake throws down. He's just following what he sees. Oh. Boy, wouldn't the enemy like to plug your ear so you only go by your eyes. Turn to your neighbor and say, I don't care what it looks like right now. 
I don't care what 2022 looked like. I'm not going by what I see. I'm going by what I hear. And there is a voice behind me saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. Ah, hallelujah. My wife says, if you don't have, you have a word, you have a Bible full of the word. And if you can't get it out of thin air, get it out of that book. Hallelujah. And if you listen to what God has written, you'll suddenly begin to hear what God is saying. And so, Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse number 11 in the Net Bible reads like this. If the snake should bite before it's charmed, the snake charmer is in trouble. (laughs) Turn to somebody and say, the snake charmer is in trouble. Let me say it again. The snake charmer is in trouble. Now, if I were to ask you how many of you have ever tried to charm a snake, no hands would go in the air. But if I was to ask you how many of you have ever tried to exercise your will instead of God's will, every honest person would have to raise their hand. We're living in a culture today where snake charming has become not the exception, but the rule. What I mean by that is we're living in a world where now the suggestion is to use psychedelics to treat psychoses. In other words, you're already hearing things and seeing things, you're already suicidal, And so we're going to send you down to some village in South America and boil a bunch of leaves in a pot and give you some kind of a mystical high and you're going to skate on the clouds of of imagination and, 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 and look, I grew up in the acid generation. I know I was there when we would take acid. I was there when I watched one young girl completely fall apart and wanted to kill herself. And we were trying to do everything we could to bring her back down to reality. We were out of reality ourselves. But let me tell you about psychedelics. They're nothing to play with. They won't help you. They will use you. They won't make you better. They'll make you worse. The way to treat a troubled mind is not with more trouble in the mind. The way to treat a troubled mind is with the power of the name of Jesus. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So these experts that say what we need to do is legalize LSD and put people on ADAA or whatever that stuff is and just send them on another trip and that way they'll recover. They won't recover. They'll just get farther. Oh my. And so I was raised in the day in this. And this is what the Bible plan for helping you with your life and with your circumstances is to be regenerated. It is to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, not to be reinvented. 
The, the world is telling people, if you don't like the way you are, just reinvent yourself. Just take on an identity that's not you and make it become you. That is a way to become demon-possessed. The answer is, don't, you don't need to be reinvented. You need to be renewed. You need to be restored. You need to be born again. You need to start over with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't need a new identity. You need a new life. Uh, Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. This anti-Christianity is playing out before our very eyes. Psalm 2 is being lived out in vivid colors as I speak. Why do the heathen rage? And why are the kings and the, and the people imagine a vain thing? It says the kings of the earth have set themselves and the rulers have taken counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. And they said, let's break their bands asunder. I don't know about you, but I didn't get the memo. But somewhere, university presidents, Hollywood producers, government officials, they've had a huddle. And somebody decided, we're going to break the bands of Christian influence from off of this nation. Well, it's time that we have a huddle. And we say, over my dead body and over my apostolic praying. Come on, we need to get together and say, you're not going to break the bands of biblical influence off of my family and off of my neighborhood and off of my country. We take it back in Jesus' name. Come on, let's take it back in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let the band breakers be bound in Jesus' name. Lord, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. So in the days of old, in the worship of Molech, they took their children to the fire. Now they're taking the fire to the children. They're embracing Eastern mysticism. I grew up in the era of transcendental meditation. Now we have Wayne Dyer. We have the secret. Let me say this. Some of those things have helpful information as long as you stay grounded in faith in Jesus Christ. But if you ever cut loose the moorings of your faith anchorage in Jesus, then those things will send you on a journey. Come on, somebody. These are all serpents. Let me say it again. They're trying to tame snakes. Psychedelics to cure psychoses. Identity change at will. Anti-Christianity trying to sweep the nation. Burlesque shows for children. Embracing Eastern mysticism. What are they doing? They're trying to charm serpents that can't and won't be charmed. And when the serpent bites, the snake charmer is in trouble. There's going to come a day when people that thought they found a substitute for the power of God in their lives are going to wake up and realize that they've made a tremendous mistake. And I pray that God gives them the 
presence of mind to come back to God in repentance and America sees a national revival. Come on, somebody. And anybody that's ever been bit by a snake, and I don't mean physical, literal one, but I mean in some way the enemy got you and nipped you somewhere along the way. Lift your hand. Aren't you glad you learned who your source was? Aren't you glad you found the healing balm in Gilead? Oh, my. And so 60-year-old snake charmer by the name of James Henry was a well-known snake charmer in the Kigoma area in northwestern Tanzania. He was known locally for being able to catch highly venomous snakes and killing them or capturing them and taking them away where the people would be safe. And this snake charmer was called to remove two cobras from a village in East, uh, in East Africa. And Henry caught and killed the first cobra, leaving the other one at large. But he continued searching and found it finally. And he captured the second cobra. And the people were so, and the people of the village gathered around him. And the spirit of rock star came on him. And rather than to do what he was supposed to do, and that is just eliminate the threat, he started playing with the snake in front of the people. And while they were ooing and aahing, the snake came and struck, struck him on the hand, struck him in the face, and of course, game over. He was rushed to a hospital, but before the anti-venom could take uh, effect, he died in treatment. And here's what the police chief said. There is a death that has been caused by laziness in Kigoma. This man was known for his expertise in capturing snakes before killing them. However, he started playing around. He started playing around with a venomous snake and it turned on him and it bit him and it killed him. And the word of the Lord is quit playing around with stuff that will kill you if it can. Come on, somebody. No playing around with pornography. No playing around with drug addictions. No playing around with Ouija boards. No playing around with spells and incantations. No playing around with Eastern mysticism. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. No playing around. In, oh, God. Hallelujah. This isn't a game. We are in a fight for eternity, and we cannot fail God. So I will say the first six years of Jeremiah's ministry is under Israel's last godly king. They were good years under Josiah, Israel's last godly king. And when the godly are leading, the vipers are at bay. So if you want to keep the viper away, stay in charge of your spiritual circumstances. Paul was a prisoner on a ship. Not only was he a prisoner, he was 
a prisoner on a ship in a storm. He was a prisoner on a ship in a storm, and the ship was going to sink. But, and he was, and the people in authority that were on that ship, that were in charge of the ship, had abandoned their responsibility. And they were trying to leave the passengers to their own devices and escape on the lifeboat. But Paul was faithful to the prophecy of an angel. And the angel told Paul, he said, listen, Paul, ship is going to be lost, but everybody that remains on board is going to be saved. You know, sometimes you know that God's talking to you when it doesn't make sense. What sense does it make to stay on board a ship that's going down? I'll tell you why, because underneath are his everlasting arms. And some on pieces of wood, and some could swim, and some adrift on broken pieces of the ship. They all made it to shore. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to be faithful to the word of prophecy that God has given you, and that is, Jesus said, none, no one will be able to take them out of my hand. Nobody. There's only one person that take you out of God's hand, and that's you. What I want to know, I want to take a vote. How many wants to stay in the midst of the palm of God's hand? Lift your hand. That means you're in it to win it. That means nobody, no thing, no circumstance, no demon, no force, no power, no thing present, no thing to come, no thing visible, no thing invisible, no thing subterranean, no thing celestial, nothing can stop you. So Paul... Paul drifted ashore with the rest of them, and he didn't go down with the ship. Praise God. Don't go down with the ship. Don't go down with your ship. If your life's falling apart, don't go down with it. Hang on to Jesus. So let's look at Paul's snake bite kit. Number one, they, they were swept upon a strange shore. And, the, and in Acts chapter number 28, and in verse number two, it says, they kindled a fire. Because of the present rain and because of the cold. God's remedy for a snake bite is you got to get a good fire going. Even if it's wet all around. Even when it's raining. Every once in a while, God will surprise us and move in services where it's just supposed to be, we're going to let this one go because it's, you know, it's, it's Mother's Day or it's Easter or it's this or it's that. I don't, in 2023, not one service, uh, amen, is a throwaway. Not one worship service is a throwaway. Not one time in the word of God is a throwaway. Hey man, you need to start a fire. Somebody get a good fire going. Somebody get a good fire burning, even if it's wet and cold all around you. Praise God. Number two, if you want to be safe from the serpent, in verse number four, and when the barbarians saw that the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt, this man is a murderer, whom though he escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth him not 
to live. So when the snake came out of the sticks that Paul had thrown in the fire, the crowd said, he's a dead man. The crowd said, I knew somebody that was diagnosed with what you got, and they're dead. The crowd said, there must be something wrong or these bad things won't be happening in your life. If you want to survive the snake bite, you got to learn to ignore what other people say. Somebody has been listening to the voices of what other people say. You need to hear what the Word of God says. Number three, in verse number five of Acts 28, and Paul shook off the beast in the fire and felt no harm. Don't underestimate the power of movement. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you just going to sit there through 2023? Are you going to get a move on? Hallelujah. God have mercy. Oh, we had some aisle runners this morning. Did they embarrass you? I hope they challenged you. Every once in a while, you can't take it any longer, and you got to let go. Hallelujah. Let go. Shake it off in the fire, and you won't feel any pain. Number five, and that's verse, oh, number four, verse number six. But after they looked a great while, and they saw no harm come to him. You know, you're supposed to be back to being a heathen again by now, according to some of your friends. They told me that my phase would only last six months. Good night, that was over 40-some years ago. I'm still in the phase. And after they watched him for a while and no harm came to him, they changed their minds and said he was a God. Now look, whenever they try to flatter you and tell you something you are that you know you're not, don't believe your own press. Because the snake is ready to take you down. If you ever believe, don't be charmed. Amen. By those that want to lift you up. I don't mean that you don't encourage each other. You know what I mean. Flattery. Number five. Verse number eight. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux to whom Paul entered in and he prayed and he laid hands on him and healed him. Everybody say him. So that, verse number nine, so that when this was done, others also which had diseases in the island came and were healed. <laughs> Paul got a healing, and then he healed him, and then he healed them. You want to keep the snake away? Don't just get healed. Become a healer in Jesus' name. Does anybody want God to give you healing hands? If you do, I want you to lift your hands right now. In the name of Jesus, you see these hands in this auditorium this morning. I pray they become healing hands. When they touch fevered brow, the fever is released. 
when they touch cancerous growths, the growth is removed. In the name, when they touch a corpse, life springs back into it. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. Let me go back to Jeremiah 8, and I close with this. Verse number 1 through 3. At that time, says the Lord. This is the time when the serpents will come that can't be stopped, can't be charmed. Says the Lord, they shall bring out the bones of the kings of Judah and the bones of its princes and the bones of its priests and the bones of the prophets and the bones of the inhabitants of Jerusalem. I want you to notice this. Kings, priests, prophets, and inhabitants. And they shall spread them before the sun and moon and all the host of heaven, which they have loved, which they have served, and after which they have walked, which they have sought, which they have worshipped. They shall not be gathered nor buried. They shall be like refuse on the face of the earth. Then death shall be chosen rather than life. Residue of those who remain of this evil family, who remain in all the places where I have driven them, saith the Lord. Here's what these, I had a dream the other night where I was catching snakes with worms. And I had a fishing pole with a, with a worm on it. And I'd hang the worm not over a pond, over a field. And all of a sudden I would see these, I would see this swirling action just under the earth. And the backs of these serpents were breaking the ground like a plow would break the earth as they came and nabbed at the worm. Just like that. They would just uncover. They would just open the earth. So the Lord gave me this verse and told me, the devil wants to take the bones of forgiven pasts and reopen the graves where God has buried your failures under the blood in order to try to discourage you from living for him another day. The devil doesn't have the right to open the grave where God has buried your sin under his blood in the name of Jesus. The bones of kings. Satan wants to bring up the memories of people who were in authority who should have been your protector, but they did you great harm. The bones of priests. Some of you just coming to church was a trial and maybe still is because somebody, somehow, church hurt has a way of holding on to folk. And sometimes it's easier to handle the things the devil has done than the things church folk have done. The bones of prophets. Not everybody that says, thus saith the Lord, 
is speaking for the Lord. Somebody under the sound of my voice has been harmed by false prophecy. I want us to stand. And the bones of the inhabitants. That means the rest of the people. It's one thing to struggle under the burden of your own failure. It's one thing to struggle under the burden of the impact that has directly come to you as the consequences of the actions of another. And if the devil cannot cause something bad to happen to you, he'll cause something bad to happen to someone you love or you know. And it'll be as if it has happened to you. And there's deliverance in this place right now. I want you to lift your hands. Precious God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You've been disappointed by churches, you've been disappointed by parents or by authorities or by courts. In the name of Jesus, you've been hurt in the name of Jesus by somebody saying something would be and not. Somebody was told something like you'll never amount to anything in God. Do you know somebody tried to put a curse on someone here thinking they were being a blessing, but really they cursed you and they stole your faith and they broke your dream. And I'm going to tell you something. It's a lie. And if you need, if you need a, if you need a deliverance today from abuse, from moral failure, from feeling such tremendous pain and empathy because someone you know that you know doesn't deserve it is suffering. My God, in the name of Jesus, I'm opening these altars right now. There's a deliverer in this place. There's deliverance for you right here, right here, right up front here. Would you come? Would you come right now and lift your hands? Let God do a work. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now, Lord. We pray, oh, God, let the power of your spirit there are people here that will pray with you. There are people here that will seek the face of God with you. You can't charm your way out of this one. You can't make a deal with the enemy. You don't make a deal with depression. Don't make a deal with anxiety. Don't make a deal with fear. Don't make a deal with poor self-esteem. Don't do it. Don't do it. You can't. It won't work. It'll get you in the end. The way to get through it Amen. It's to apply the blood of Jesus, the power of the Holy Ghost. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Holy Ghost is in this place. The lion, the lion, let the lion roar. Let, let the lion march up and down through here. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Ramondo Sotorebama. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God.
you're not going to lay my bones out in front of the moon and the stars and the gods of the heathen. I want to say this, Eastern cultic mysticism will not help you. You need the power of the blood of Jesus today. Ah, shamanism won't help you. You need the power of the blood of Jesus today. Come on, lift your hands. Child of God, lift your hands. Oh, 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 oh. 